Welcome to the Detox Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gwena, certified holistic health coach and detox enthusiast, and I'm here to talk all things detox. Toxins exist in our lives in many forms, from the foods we eat, products we use, people we spend time with, and even the thoughts in our heads. Here we discuss how various toxins may be sapping our energy and vitality, and how we can detox to create a life we love. Each week, we'll discuss everything from nutrition, clean beauty, body image, stress management techniques, career and business, relationships, you name it. Whether it's with a guest or just yours truly, we'll get real, raw, and honest and provide tangible tips to detox all areas of our lives. If you're ready to step into the most vibrant version of you, let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to the Detox Diaries podcast. Today, I'm going to be doing a Q&A episode. So... This was inspired by a workshop that I did recently. I did a detox your diet workshop at the Wildflower Studio, which is the cutest place ever. If you're in the Long Island area, I highly recommend checking it out. It's in Stewart Manor. And they'll hold different like workshops and things like that, sometimes on weeknights. So I did a detox your diet workshop and it was so amazing. I'm like still on a high from how much fun it was to have an in-person event finally <laughs> since I started all of this within the time period of COVID and everything's really been virtual. And I just noticed that I typically get a lot of the same questions, whether it is in a workshop like that or within my programs from family and friends on Instagram, whatever it may be. So I figured I would just pull together some of the top questions that I get asked and share them today on the show. So let's get right into it. The first is about deodorant. So do I really need to use natural deodorant? Does it really work? Will I sweat? All of those kinds of things. And basically natural deodorant, switching to a deodorant that is aluminum free is extremely important. And one of those reasons is because different parts of our body absorb things differently and our underarms have been proven to absorb up to 100% of what we put on them. So that is extremely important. And when we are putting things on them that have toxic chemicals, including aluminum, which is the big offender when it comes to conventional deodorants, that can really build up in the tissues around that area. And it has even been linked to things like breast cancer, obviously because of its proximity to that area of our body. So it is really important to make the switch to a natural deodorant. And I know that people are scared about that. I know I was for a very long time. I'm a sweaty lady and I was always really nervous because I always kind of felt like even the conventional ones, sometimes I would honestly even use men's conventional deodorants and feel like they didn't work that well for me. And I actually have found that natural deodorant works better, shockingly enough. But the thing about deodorant is that much like everything else, it's very individual. So I know a lot of people really struggle on their natural deodorant journey in terms of finding one that works for them, but it is definitely worth sticking to it and trying different brands. I use Native, which I was lucky it was the first one that I tried, and it works really well for me. I know people love Primally Pure. That is a really great one. Um, Hume is another good one. There honestly are so many on the market now, and it is a little frustrating to have to be you know, trying new things. But I would give it, you know, two to three weeks with one to see if it's working for you. And if it's really not, then just be open to switching it up and staying the course on the natural deodorant front. And the other thing you'll find is that when you are in general using cleaner products, eating cleaner, all of that kind of stuff, your 
you just smell less naturally as well. So it kind of all goes hand in hand. The other thing is you got to get used to sweating. We're used to using not only deodorants, but antiperspirants, which actually prevent us from sweating, which again, not good for us because sweating is a way that we detoxify our body. So when we plug up those sweat glands, that's really not beneficial for our body as it's trying to get those toxins out and it can't when we're wearing an antiperspirant. So you will notice that when you are using natural deodorants, you do feel yourself sweating, which is a weird thing to get used to. But again, you get used to it. It's not a bad thing. It's natural for us to sweat. So definitely something I recommend is finding a natural deodorant that works for you. And kind of hand in hand with that, another question that I get asked a lot is when you're updating to clean beauty, where should you start? Because obviously this is a really overwhelming category of things. The average woman uses like 12 to 18 beauty products a day. It can feel really overwhelming to have to be trying to transition to something new, let alone expensive. So I always say the number one place to start is deodorant. And the other is anything that you put on your lips because you're basically eating it. So you want to make sure that it's clean. So when you are starting to make the transition to things that are clean, definitely start with deodorant and whatever it is that you put on your lips. Which kind of segues me into another question that I get a lot, which is, you know, now we're obviously in the winter months, people have dry lips, and a lot of people use things like Aquaphor or Vaseline or Carmex, and do not use those. (laughs) They are made with mineral oils, which is basically means they're petroleum based, which is what is used to make gasoline. So definitely not something that we want to be consuming, especially on our lips. It's bad enough to put it on our skin, but on our lips, again, because you're basically eating it. And I was so disturbed when I, I just like checked out the Aquaphor website quickly to just look at their ingredients. And it literally says on the site that it's dermatologist recommended, which is horrifying because it should be not recommended by anyone for exactly that reason that I just said. And it's being marketed as preservative free and fragrance free. And basically, again, like, I mean, not again, I haven't mentioned it on this episode, but there's a lot of greenwashing that happens out there where companies are aware that people are trying to make cleaner options or cleaner decisions for themselves. So they're using these like buzzwords and things to make people think that they're clean. So it's not really important that Aquaphor is preservative and fragrance free because it has petroleum in it. So again, really want to stay away from things like that. You can... You know, if you're using something else on your lips at the moment, like definitely check it out on like the Think Dirty app or the Environmental Working Group Skin Deep website. Those are great resources for checking to see if your products are clean. Um, I recently just ordered Dr. Bronner's because I've been noticing that my lips are a little bit dry since we are, you know, in the winter time. But to be honest, I don't use stuff on my lips really ever, not to say that my lips look fabulous, but the other thing that really is important when it comes to not having super dry skin or chapped lips is being hydrated, which is not really what people talk about. It's always like, what can you put on to fix the problem? But if you make sure that you are keeping yourself really hydrated, you will definitely notice a difference in your lips and in your skin. But of course, we obviously would like some extra help in those winter months, but staying hydrated is my other big tip for the chapped lips thing. I also am often asked about what supplements I take. And it changes, you know, depending on 
if you're listening to this episode a year from now, I might have changed what I'm taking, but this is what I'm taking at the moment. And I'm really liking this routine. I've been doing it for probably over six months at this point. So I always take a, a, a daily vitamin, a multivitamin. So lately I've been taking the GEM daily essentials and it's really cool because instead of it being a basically like a regular regular multivitamin where they are extracting those vitamin compounds and putting them into a capsule, it's an actual real food bite. And it includes all of these superfoods that have all of these vitamins that we need. So like vitamin D, DHA, EPA, B12, all of those key vitamins. And it's a real food. So it works more synergistically than kind of taking all of these extracted compounds and putting them together. And it has no binders or fillers or any of that other stuff. And it actually tastes good. Like I look forward to eating mine in the morning. I get the lemon flavor, which I really, really like. I started with the cacao and the lemon, in my opinion, is much better. So I definitely highly recommend Gem. I also take a probiotic and I've been taking seed. So seed is actually a symbiotic because it's a probiotic and a prebiotic in one which is awesome because you're getting both, it's like the the fertilizer and the seeds in one supplement. And they are rigorously third-party tested for efficacy and survivability in the gut, which, I mean, there are so many um, probiotics on the market these days that it's really hard to know what's really doing much of anything versus what's all marketing. And seed is really, really well-researched by really reputable doctors within the field. So I definitely recommend that. And there's no binders, fillers, or any of the other yucky stuff. So that's a big one. Also, GEM is really well um, researched and third-party tested and all of that stuff too. So I definitely look into that when I'm looking for like a multi and a probiotic because those are really key supplements for, I think, everybody. And then sometimes my other ones, like the next couple that I'm going to mention, aren't necessarily like cream of the crop coming from the best possible sources, but they are still clean, which obviously for me is very important. So Paleo Valley is another one that I love. They have a turmeric complex, which turmeric is turmeric, turmeric. You could say it either way, I guess. Um, It is really, really great for inflammation. Um, It helps with healthy aging, relieving brain fog, promotes DNA health, so many things. Turmeric is really, really amazing. Such a great thing to incorporate in your diet, but it's not the best tasting. Not, I don't like love it per se in food. Um, And it's really important to try and take it daily. So sometimes depending on what I'm eating in any given day, it might be kind of challenging for me to work it in. So I like taking this supplement because I know I'm covered and it has black pepper and coconut oil along with it, which makes it extra bioavailable because black pepper makes turmeric extremely more bioavailable than it would be alone. And it also needs fat too. So that's why that coconut oil is in there. So that is a supplement that I love. And I also love their essential C complex from again, Paleo Valley. So It is concentrated, full spectrum, and natural sources of vitamin C. Lots of things that you'll find out there have this, like, it's called ascorbic acid, which is derived from corn, which is often GMO. So it's just not the best and cleanest source of vitamin C, whereas this Paleo Valley is, like, a really legit source. And vitamin C, as we know, can really help with immune support. It helps to fight oxidative stress. It helps with brain health, managing stress, 
um, increased nutrient availability, energy levels. And I also love it because it's a really great skin supplement because vitamin C is the precursor to collagen. So it's one of my favorite things to take for all of those reasons and also for my skin. And then I also love Detoxy from Kimberly Snyder. She has a brand called Saluna and Detoxy is one of her supplements and it is a magnesium detox supplement. And basically it helps to break up the toxic buildup inside your colon so that you can release more. So it does make you go to the bathroom more, but it is not habit forming. It's not like taking a laxative. I love it. And when you first try it, it's it's one of those things that's very individual. So you kind of have to play with the dosage. And you know, you want that kind of sweet spot where it is helping you to release more, but you're not running to the bathroom. <laughs> so you just want to make sure that you are being conscious of when you first start trying it and understanding what works for you. Um, but that's one that I also really, really love. So those are the supplements that I take currently. I also have been taking an additional bit of B12 because I am, I take methylated B12, which means it's, it's more bioavailable depending on if you have um, specific types of genes that make it harder for you to absorb B vitamins. So the methylated is easy for everyone to absorb. So, and I'm, because I'm fully plant-based and mostly we get B12 from animal products and from the soil is another place, but since unfortunately a lot of the soil is now depleted, we're not getting, really no one's getting enough B12, but it comes in the multi and then I supplement a little more outside of that. So kind of in keeping with these, the supplement conversation, I also get asked a lot about collagen. So... I think this is interesting. I just mentioned Kimberly Snyder. I love her. She is a, um, she was basically originally a celebrity nutritionist and she has just branched into so many different areas of just overall health. She's a meditation teacher. She's a bestselling author. She's amazing. <laughs> I'm a big fan of hers. And I was listening to her once talk about this topic of collagen and she was saying, eating or taking collagen because you want to promote collagen is like eating hair because you want your hair to grow, which I thought was a really interesting way of kind of equating that concept. But basically, if we want to have more collagen in our body, that's a really great opportunity for us to be taking vitamin C because vitamin C is the precursor to collagen rather than taking collagen to have more collagen. But I also feel really strongly about not taking collagen because it is it comes from animal products, which I mentioned, I am plant-based, so I wouldn't take that. But if you are someone who does really wanna try collagen, I know there are some people that swear by it, I would recommend the Food Babes Marine Collagen. She is very, very committed to things being super clean, so if she is making something, then I trust it. So I would go that route if you wanted to try collagen. Another question that I get asked a lot is what is like the number one thing that you would tell people to never eat or drink again? <laughs> like what is the worst thing you could eat or drink? And the answer to that is soda, namely like Coke or Pepsi. And when I was going through IIN, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, where I was trained to be a health coach, I felt like that came up in a lot of the lectures. Like that it is like the worst offender in terms of being just insanely unhealthy. And I was looking it up before I recorded, a can of Coke has 39 grams of sugar, a can. 
and you figure most people maybe have multiple cans a day or they even have like the individual bottles which are bigger than a can and 39 grams of sugar is an insane amount we are technically only supposed to be having 25 grams of added sugar a day at maximum so that's 39 just that's almost double coming from just one drink that you're having during the day not to mention it also has caramel color in it which is a synthetic food dye chemical food dye that is found to be a possible carcinogen so definitely something that we would always want to avoid so if you're thinking like oh well i drink diet soda it doesn't have sugar in it it still has the caramel color and diet sugar is no better Honestly, by some standards, it's probably worse because it has aspartame, which is the fake sugar that makes it taste good, (laughs) taste sweet, without having any actual sugar in it. But aspartame and other fake sugars or artificial sweeteners totally mess with our hunger hormones and they make us more likely to feel more hungry, less full, and can really just throw off our natural signaling when it comes to hunger and satiety. So soda. Cut it out, stay away from it as much as you possibly can. Um, Another question that I get often is when you're buying packaged foods, if it's organic, can you assume that it is healthy or safe or, you know, fine to eat, fine to feed to your kids? And I would say in general, yes. Obviously, we could dive deeper on these things, but in general, if it has the USDA organic seal, that means that it has to have 95% at least organic ingredients, which means that they aren't um, processed in any way with chemicals. They can't, they're not GMOs. They haven't been sprayed with pesticides. So basically you're 95% of the way there. Granted, 5% of the ingredients could be not organic they could be something that's not beneficial for your health but if you're finding something that is usda organic and comparing it to pretty much any other packaged food that's on the shelves you're in a pretty good place so i would definitely say that that's a safe assumption to make unless you want to be really diving deeper which of course i help my clients to really dive deep into everything that they're feeding themselves and their family but again it's a a pretty safe assumption But obviously, we would rather be choosing whole foods whenever we can, but we know that that's not always possible. So USDA organic seal is pretty much means you're good to go. And kind of on the topic of kids in general and what to feed them, I find that a lot of people ask me or clients have basically said, like, I I have kids. (laughs) I'm... They obviously are a time commitment. I, you know, have a job. I have a bunch of other things going on and I really struggle to, you know, stick with healthy habits, whether that is eating healthier, working out more, finding time to do certain things. A big thing lots of times is like, well, then I'll have to make, if I'm trying to eat healthy, I'm going to have to make different meals. I have to make them something and me something. And what I always say is what's healthy for you is healthy for them too. And in a lot of ways, I think it's arguably even more important to be making healthy choices when you have kids because it sets that example for them of how to take care of themselves because it's honestly not taught really (laughs) to anyone in school and as we grow up and we're marketed all of these things that are not good for us. So really, it's definitely beneficial for them if you are kind of giving yourself that education 
and they're just naturally being brought up in a place where they are given more of a, they have open eyes when it comes to like what's benefiting their health and what's not. And when you are cooking a meal, I mean, ideally they would be able to eat whatever you're eating. And I know kids don't love vegetables and things like that, but you could always kind of change the proportions of a meal. Like I love to, some of my recipes that I share are some delicious sauces with like brown rice pasta and you throw veggies in there. And clients have told me like the kids don't even know the vegetables are in there. Like it's the perfect way to like hide vegetables because they feel like they're just eating pasta and a delicious sauce. So there's definitely ways to feed yourself and your kids and your husband things that everybody is going to like and that helps everybody to get healthier. And then so you're also setting that example for them because it also affects their taste buds and things like that. Like when kids are so used to eating things that are more processed, that's just naturally what their taste buds are drawn to. And it does take time for them to develop a taste for real food. And same thing for us. Like when we have been eating a lot of processed foods, our taste buds are conditioned to want these like super sweet or salty or fatty taste that real food doesn't taste as good until we can kind of phase out some of those hyper-processed foods and start to actually taste the sweetness in fruit and like the deliciousness of real food. But it does come with with a little bit of time and it's in a bit of an adjustment. And another thing that happens with a lot of kids' foods that are marketed to them, unfortunately, is they contain chemical additives and dyes, which can really affect kids in terms of their attention spans. It could create anxiety, affect their sleep, their gut. So I think it's really important for you know people with kids to take that time to just kind of learn how to make healthier choices for you and your family. and. There are definitely ways to make them eat it, (laughs) to trick them into eating healthier. But again, no shade. I mean, it's challenging as a a single person to feed yourself or as just a couple. So no one should be beating themselves up at all. But it's just a matter of understanding that you prioritizing your health is really prioritizing your health for your whole family. So it just kind of gives you an extra why to really take that plunge and, and learn as much as you can about promoting your health. Another question that I get often is, what is our gut or the microbiome? Like, that's become a really big phrase out there. People talk about it a lot. I know I talk about it a lot. So just to kind of level set what that means, our gut is our the most important part of our digestive tract. So it's our small and our large intestine, and there's about 100 trillion bacteria that live in our gut. And they do everything from digesting and metabolizing our food to detoxifying our body, regulating our immune system, our moods. Really so much is driven out of the health of our gut. It's actually referred to as our second brain because it's connected directly to our brain through the nervous system. And different neurotransmitters are created in our gut like serotonin, dopamine. These are things that most people I think have heard of and they really impact our moods. So that's why the health of our gut is so important because it's not just about, it's not just your stomach, it's not just digestion. It's really so many things that affect the way we feel and the way we look. So when we talk about gut health, that's why it is really so important because it has so many effects on our overall body and our overall health. I have one question that I get really often about cleaning, cleaning products and switching to things that are cleaner for that. 
And I find that people are like really attached to their toxic products. Like we have really, in a sense, been like brainwashed to think that unless something smells like bleached and sterilized, it's not clean, which is unfortunate because that's really not true at all. And I mean, really, in a sense, like the absence of smell means that something is clean. But lots of times, even when people are like, okay, great, like I'm happy to try the products that you recommend or find some cleaner options, but I still want to keep my bleach or my Windex or like whatever the thing is that they are not willing to let go of. Can I just like keep it in the house just in case I need it for some reason? And my answer for this is, Think about when you're walking around in the grocery store, you know when you're walking past the cleaning aisle before you even get there. And those are all sealed bottles that have never been opened and you can smell it. So that means that those chemicals are in the air even when they haven't been opened at all. So think about in your house, which is probably smaller than a grocery store, and they've been opened. And all of those chemicals are being leached into the air that you're breathing within your house every day. So I definitely really urge people when they're making the transition with cleaning products to just get rid of everything that they possibly can, get it out of the house. If you are someone that's lucky enough to have like a separate garage space or something like that and you really want to keep it out there, fine. But just getting it out of your actual house where you live, sleep, all of that stuff really is very important. And then I just have a few more. Another one that people ask about a lot is how to manage stress. And lots of times they'll say, I've tried meditation. I just don't feel like it's working for me. Like, I don't know if I'm doing it. And like, I get that. Like, that's totally how I was when I first tried to start doing things to ease my stress, namely meditation, because Meditation is like the holy grail of of stress reduction. We obviously hear about all of the amazing benefits that come with it. And what I would say first is, and I've been told this many times by other people too, who are much more um, of an authority on meditation than I am, is that even when you don't think you're doing it, you are. So it is... You know, you could just kind of stick with it and keep practicing and things do come with time. But if you're really pressed for time and you do want something that you're going to kind of feel like a catharsis and like it is helpful and you're feeling that difference and meditation's not doing that for you, I love journaling as being a great thing to try because for me, journaling, it's like the gateway drug of stress management because it's just, it's easy it's easy in the sense of it's just, it's really tangible and there are so many different ways you can approach it. I love it in terms of I just use it as like a brain dump, venting, just getting all of the thoughts out of my head and onto a piece of paper. And it just feels, like I said before, like the word cathartic. Like it does feel like you are releasing things a bit. And I also find that as I'm like journaling out my feelings and my thoughts, even if it is kind of negative, like if I'm like venting about something, I feel like I always wrap it up on a note that feels positive. So either I'm saying that it taught me something or there's a reason this is happening or like I'm always kind of finding myself wanting to wrap it up on a good note and not even like I'm forcing it because I can't just have a bad 
journaling venting day because you totally can. But I almost feel like when you put pen to paper and and you just approach it from that perspective, you're so much more likely to see the positive and move past it than if you're rolling it around in your head, which is what most of us do, what I used to do for sure. And I mean, still do obviously, but the journaling piece, I think really is just a great starting point. And I think you feel a difference like pretty much right away. So that would be definitely something I would say to try. Deep breathing is a really great one too. You know, breath work is, you can do things like full classes. Like my friend Kristen from Aligned and Well has amazing breathwork classes that really help people to work through their anxiety. So she's, I'll look up in the show notes to her. She's an amazing person to work with or follow on Instagram. And then there's also like different apps out there or just basic breathing practices where, you know, you can breathe in for five seconds, hold for five seconds and breathe out for five or more seconds. I have heard a lot about if you breathe out for longer than you breathe in, it's, it's like you telling your body that it's safe and you can calm down. So definitely something to play with. That can be a super easy thing to try. Um, and some things that have been working for me lately is doing meta meditations. So this was actually recommended to me by my friend Julia. I'll be releasing my episode with her soon on the podcast. Um, and she speaks a lot about basically working with your energy to live your best possible life and that a a lot of things just come down to kindness and compassion for ourselves and for others. And meta meditation basically is like a kindness and compassion meditation. So you can find tons of like free ones on YouTube. She has some on her website, which I'll link up to those too. I have been, I'm someone who's struggled with meditation. I have a consistent practice. I, oh, I sit every morning for at least five minutes, but I'm always like, am I really doing it? (laughs) But I have been really finding that these meta meditations have been feeling like, I feel like I can really tap in and I feel really connected to it. So I would definitely recommend giving that a shot. And then also for managing stress, this is another recommendation from Julia, is trying yin yoga. It's really just like deep stretching and it's very relaxing. I've been doing it every morning for like 15, 20 minutes and it's kind of a game changer. So I've been really loving it. Those two, you can find them on YouTube really easily. So I would definitely recommend checking any of those out. Like I said, journaling as like the super easy gateway way to start, deep breathing, meta meditations, and yin yoga for stress. And I also get the question lots of times that when we're stressed, we want to, like I think we're kind of all familiar with the idea of like using things to numb out. So whether that is emotionally eating, drinking, scrolling through Instagram, mindlessly watching TV, and people feeling this like internal struggle between, I just want to chill, but like, am I, like, I feel guilty because I don't know if I'm just like numbing out and like, is that bad? So sort of like, how do you find that balance between like giving yourself a break? Because I think we all hopefully at this point realize that rest is productive and we don't need to just be going, going, going all the time that a lot of the best ideas come when we're resting or after we've rested and just that we're not built to be productive 24 seven. Like we need to give ourselves room to just be. 
And basically my tip here would just be that the trick is being intentional about things. So to me, numbing is when you're like, where did four hours just go? (laughs) Or where did that bag of chips go? Like you're sort of just mindlessly passing the time scrolling or watching a show you don't care about or eating and you're not present for it versus being intentional and doing things that you know are going to feel like an indulgence or super relaxing and you can really enjoy it. Like, I mean, when you order something delicious because you're like, it's Saturday and I just want something really good and you eat every bite and it tastes amazing. Like things like that are worth it. Or like your favorite show is back on Netflix and you like can't wait to watch an episode or you're getting lost in like some book. Like those are all great things. We deserve to do those things. But you want to be in a place where you're super present for it and not that you're just like, I don't know where the time went and I just lost an entire day. So to me, that is that's how you can really then feel rejuvenated from it too because, you know, I, I feel like scrolling, at least for me, really never feels good. Like, I, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm ever like super present for an Instagram scroll. Maybe you are. But I feel like I don't walk away from that feeling like recharged. Whereas like if I have a day where I'm like, okay, I'm really just going to chill, watch my favorite things on TV, order in my favorite meal, sleep in, like I feel great after a day like that as long as I don't overdo it obviously with the food but you know what I mean like the intentionality is really just so so important because we all deserve a break okay so that was all the questions that I had for this episode I know we kind of jumped all over the place but I kind of like that the idea of that like obviously there are so many different things that impact our health and these again are just some things that seem to come up pretty consistently with clients and other people that I talk to. So I'll definitely be doing more episodes like this in the future. So if there's a question that you would like answered, you can shoot me a DM at the.detoxdiaries on Instagram, or you can email me at Nicole at the detoxdiaries.com. And then obviously I am at your beck and call if you are in any one of my programs. So currently enrollment is open for Balance Babe Detox, which is my eight week group coaching program where we go deep on all areas of detox. We talk about diet, we talk about home, beauty, detox practices, really pretty much everything that I've learned about detoxing is in this course. It's also so much fun. People really love the the group programs because there's obviously planned content that I talk about each week, but we just end up going in a lot of different directions based on questions that come up, much like this episode that sometimes you know, people ask things that maybe you wouldn't have think to, thought to ask and you really take a lot away from learning the answer to that question. And obviously a lot of the content that you learn in Balance Babe, it's probably questions that you wouldn't have even thought to ask in the first place. So I really love it in terms of just giving you a really holistic approach in terms of finding a lifestyle that works for you, that you can stick to, and that just makes you feel really amazing. I mean, the transformations inside Balance Babe have been just so exciting. I mean, people who have just feel so much more energy than they did before, people's skin clearing up, people regulating their hormones. I mean, it's just, it's so amazing to see. And people who are like, I never would have thought I would have had time to make these changes or stick to certain habits. Like, it's not just about me throwing all of this like 
intellectual knowledge at you. Like the point of the program is to really help you take that knowledge and figure out what works for you, how this can affect your life, how you can implement it in your life and actually helping you to do that. Because I feel like at the end of the day, I mean, you can probably Google everything that I'm going to tell you in this course. I just package it up really neatly and take the guesswork out and make it fast and easy. But the implementation is really where the magic is. And that's where the support of a group, the the support of me as your coach, plus the fact that you also get as part of the program, a free one-on-one session as well. So we can really go deep on what's happening with you and help you to really cater what you're learning in the program to what's happening in your life. So I just really love this program so much. And if you have any questions at all about anything about Balance Babe, please feel free to reach out to me. I'll link up to all of this stuff in the show notes. And I would also love if you would, if you're liking, enjoying this podcast, if you would leave me a rating or a review, it really helps the show. It helps other people to find the show. And again, I'm just so happy that you're here. This show is so much fun for me to do. I'm so excited to share all this information. I think it's so important. And I hope that you're really taking a lot away from each episode. I would love to hear from you if you are. And I'll stop blabbing now and let you go. Thank you again for being here. 